Hello, and welcome to Made Simple, a podcast about technology, media, and their effects on society. We explore relevant topics through the words of the scientists who directly research them. My name is Julia Ranzini. And my name is Andrew Casas. Now, for this last episode before the beginning of 2022 and before the holidays, uh, we have decided to go hyper-local. We've been wanting to do um, uh, an episode centered on politics and uh, on Dutch politics, which uh, is quite interesting if you consider that neither of us is from the Netherlands. <laughs> but um, yeah, but um, I'm guessing we were as residents a little bit puzzled and a little bit intrigued by this phenomenon, which basically left the Netherlands, a country that is uh, based on a proportional system and that had elections in the March of uh, this year for nine months, basically without an actual new government, without a coalition government. We know that the prime minister stays, Mark Rutte, who has been quite successful in these elections as well as in the past, whose party continues to be uh, very, uh, very popular. But meanwhile, um, the discussions to form a coalition went on forever, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious, what was your take? Yeah, no, I think there is a there is a lot to learn from you know from this uh, particular institutional system, the one the one that is in in place in the Netherlands that makes it a very interesting case to uh, to talk about you know how how do parties try to get together to form uh, to form a government and what makes these kind of negotiations. Uh, complicated or more or less complicated than than years ago maybe and and even how the, the this COVID situation and, and the kind of measures that parties in government will need to pass also you know uh, might put some some people actually away from wanting to be in government and uh, definitely yeah definitely <laughs> and uh I think what, what what was quite striking was the fact that um nothing stopped the society didn't collapse we're not reverting to mad max type uh, situations yeah right uh it's um well i think we were all pretty busy at the same time you know i think covid takes just so much of our attention that um it seems that not having an actual uh, new government doesn't make it in the top of the priority list um but no it's 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 yet another example, right, on how how these Western wealthy uh, democracies can survive, you know, despite going through these uh, key institutional challenges. That maybe in a weaker democracy, uh, you know, that could that could become a big institutional uh, challenge, right? And and uh, uh, it comes to mind the uh, the elections between Al Gore and Bush in the U.S., right? And how such an institutional crisis and and uh, and uh, you know, challenging decision by the Supreme Court doesn't end up in civil war, and and that's okay. You know, in in wealthier Western democracies, than having going on for a while, they can resist probably any kind of uh, patch and rough uh, and rough time. Yeah, and so to better understand the system that uh, seems puzzling to many of us, uh, but also uh, a, a source of wonder because. <laughs> I am Italian and uh, I, I've seen plenty of government that were not elected just because no option was available for, for, for a functioning government. I've seen governments fall, governments being created in the span of two days. So this has been, this has been fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> um, 
uh, as I said, in order to understand this system a little bit better, uh, for this hyper-local episode, we have one of our own as a guest, uh, Arun Marikin van der Velden, uh, Assistant Professor in Political Communication, he, right here at Amsterdam, right at our Department of Communication Science. Marikin, for those of you do, who don't know, is a computational social scientist who works on political communi communication and coalition formation, so an absolute expert in this topic. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Our first guest for today is Marikan van der Felten, uh, Assistant Professor in uh, Political Communication at the Department of Communication Science here at the FUB. So one of our colleagues. Welcome, Marikan. Thank you. Okay. So today uh, we are recording in December 2021. Um, we are about nine months into the Netherlands not having an elected government or rather not having a coalition because of the difficulty of forming such coalition with the current party members. Now, to the eyes of a non-Dutch citizen, even though living here for a long time, the situation is baffling, especially because everything seems to be working relatively fine. Now, how is it for a Dutch political scientist? Uh, and is this a result that you could have predicted prior to the last elections? Thank you, Julia, for this question. Um, could you could I have predicted it? I think yes. Um, so for some time now, we have seen that every coalition uh, took longer to form, with the exception of Rutte 2. So that was uh, the one with the Social Democrats uh, in 2012. Uh, but other than that, like coalitions have taken longer and longer time. That is because the traditional bigger center parties have loss of their electorate. So it's more difficult to form a coalition because more parties need to be involved. You can easily see that like a coalition of two parties takes less time than a coalition of four parties. And this time it was particularly difficult as some of the parties had excluded some of the other parties. So the, the right didn't want to govern with two left-wing parties and the left didn't want to govern with two right-wing parties. Uh, so that was very difficult and it took very long. Uh, you could see like the amount of fragmentation coming already before the election. Uh, and for a Dutch political scientists, I think it's, um, it's inter interesting times because they were prom like they promised a new kind of um, structure or a new kind of open form of governance and given the amount of time they take now to, to craft the coalition agreement uh, one can already suspect that it will be an equally long or even lengthier coalition agreement than it was the last uh cabinet nice and um i think this is particularly interesting because that's not just what you study but also for the way in which you study it and uh, you are uh, leading a team that's part of our department, so we are um, free to brag about it, who has uh, joined forces to collect uh, qualitative, quantitative and social media data around the last election. Um, does the analysis uh, so far give us a bit of a better interpretation as to why the electorate selected like this? And um, uh, aside from what we, what we have identified as the culprit for this lack of a coalition? So what we saw, we, we analyzed for some, some weeks, like what people had for preference of coalition. And we also saw there no uniform pattern. So uh, there was not one party except for, uh, that was, sorry, there was not one party that was uh, uniformly preferred. And it was definitely not a group of parties that were preferred by a, let's say, majority of people, even not a relatively big majority, a majority of people. Um, so that means that, it's just very difficult. People have different preferences, and also it's difficult because 
um, the way the coalition is set up under Rutte is also a way of, do you agree with this type of politics? Uh, yeah, I find this really fascinating. And in, in a broader sense, uh, you are a researcher who primarily, I would say, uses social media data uh, and computational science to, to understand political behavior. This is a podcast that focuses on, on media and technology. So I wonder um, if you were to explain what computational science can do to better understand uh, political behavior or in comparison with like exit polls or stuff that we all understand hopefully. Uh, how would you explain it? How could you, can you tell us a little bit about how we can differently um, uh, interpret behavior through this kind of data? So, so while exit polls are great to kind of give a good overview, people typically don't come across exit polls in vain. So they're usually interpreted. And the uh, research by my colleague Luz Aldering actually also shows that, that the way the media interprets these polls, like if it's a loss or a win compared to what, uh, matters for voting behavior. Um, so we actually see that media has a a big responsibility here and we also see uh, this is a little bit more descriptive yet because we have not looked so deeply into the data is that this done by uh, by by laymen by normal people on social media so not by journalists also has an effect so the way they actually uh, describe the election results or the exit polls affects how people think about other parties so in that sense the computational uh, toolkit allows us to uh, get that data and to analyze this more in detail than um, just asking people questions yeah that's 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 quite interesting and i wonder as someone who studies uh, social media data and with it once again this is a podca podcast where we talk about social media quite a bit um, how has your uh, professional use of social media like so your own social media changed since you since you have taken this this academic path and do you think that um this is a question we ask most of our respondents uh are platforms like twitter more positive or or more negative for for the development of an academic uh audience or professionalism so i actually refrained from twitter quite for quite a long time because i was a little bit afraid especially by uh, the stories of other female colleagues that got uh not always only kind responses let's say it like that um but then at some point in time and especially when i thought okay the elections are coming up and i would like to to also like we you know it's a it's an investment but on public money so we would also like to have outreach on that and actually to have to tell our stories uh, to the broader world and just our, our colleagues uh it was good to have a, a twitter profile um probably like any academic like it's not only um unicorns and rainbows there. I do get also negative reactions, but far more I get positive reactions and uh, be aware of things that I wasn't otherwise aware of. Uh, I always had an account, I just never was active on it until I think beginning of this year, I started to uh, come out of the what used to be called the egg. Yeah, so uh, but overall, do you think that it's, uh, it, is there a mandate for academics to be online? right now? So I think as an academic, and especially in these polarized times where um, society is a, is a little bit on edge in terms of different sides, it's good to have nuanced stories. And um, part of the, the reason why I do this work is not only to find out why uh, the democracy works as it does and how communication you know plays, plays a big role into this, but it's also to then 
give these give these insights back to society and social media is a great platform for that uh, also to reach out to other journalists who can then have even a broader audience to tell that story yeah that's great thank you very much for this interview thank you so much Okay, that's all for our little pre-festive episode. And, you know, the Simcast has only gotten started, but we really want to thank our listeners for following along. We want to also thank our wonderful interns, Alessandro and Teresa. They are, they are amazing and, uh, and really, really nice people to work with, as well as uh, our team with uh, Yolanda and, and Marika and, and the whole Sim Lab, you know, that makes all of this possible. We really hope uh, to see you in 2022 and to bring you a lot more interesting stories and episodes uh, moving forward. Have a really nice holiday, you all. This Made Simple podcast has been brought to you by the SimLab, the Communication Science Department and an Institute for Societal Resilience at the Freie Universiteit Amsterdam. The podcast is created by our hosts, Julia Ranzini and Andreu Casas. The production team includes Yolanda Veldhuis and Marieke van der Velde. Editing and outreach by Teresa Rodriguez and Alessandro Perego. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at MadeSimpleCast and Instagram at MadeSimpleCast to stay up to date.